Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. I recently spent four days getting my psychology dissected by one of the most decorated Navy SEALs in history. Mind-blowing experience. Of the myriad of takeaways, I wanted to share what I consider the most applicable to this week's segment with Todd Langford. So first, at the core of human consciousness is a mechanism. And this mechanism is designed to keep us safe and alive. As we experience life, this mechanism unconsciously observes the environment around us and influences the majority of our behavior. Now, what I became even more aware of this week is the character of this lens, so to speak, mainly how old it is. This mechanism, which is our subconscious mind, has not really evolved at the pace of our environment. It still operates to some degree as if there's a tiger hiding in the bushes ready to attack. You know, the subconscious programming is constantly running in the background and hasn't had its program updated in quite some time. This subconscious lens sees a stranger on the street and concludes that it's a tiger. It sees someone who looks different, sounds different, and says, beware, warning, it's a tiger. Here's someone make a statement that's contrary to our beliefs and says, warning, 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 tiger. Our subconscious is always on guard and it's there to protect us from not being hurt and to keep us alive. So my question to you is what are you wrongly identifying as a tiger in your life, mainly in your finances? What are you afraid of? What are you doing or not doing because you're so scared? Now, Let's get to the next segment with my friend, Todd Langford. Taking a break from the show, you know, entrepreneurs inspire me. I love meeting leaders of successful ventures who discover an idea, formulate the business, and then execute. You'd assume that they know how to structure their personal finances. I believed that too, but I was wrong. Entrepreneurs are never taught to effectively manage their wealth to work alongside their business and lifestyle. All of that work, effort, toil, and time wasted. Entrepreneur 101 is an online course that teaches you a financial strategy that works so that success is not a flash in the pan, 
but lasting. The spirit of the entrepreneur doesn't have to be compromised. Register for the Entrepreneur 101 course today for free at thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. That's Echo November Tango. Thewealthstandard.com forward slash E-N-T. Based on what you just said, where on the surface, it seems like money is the only thing that you can manage, which may be true, but without the context of the purpose of that money, I believe that it's false because what people want money for is in paper. They don't want numbers. That doesn't do anything for you. It's the meaning behind that that does something. So I'll give you an example where I gave my wife, Cynthia, a budget for a vacation. And, and I thought, okay, we're going to go to, you know, drive down to St. George. Maybe we can, you know, go to Phoenix. And she was able to make Mexico City work an entire week with drivers. And we stayed at the Four Seasons. So it's one of those things where, again, it's not the money necessarily. Okay. It's what the money can buy. And there's, I think it's elusive sometimes where when we think we need this amount of money, we think we need to save this much and earn this interest and have you know these milestones, we do it with a certain set of assumptions and variables that are likely not the best variables. They could be good variables, but they're not the best. So what are the best variables and how do you discover them? Right. And that's, I would say it's really the logical identification of what are you doing why, what are the alternatives, and what is it really going to take? Right. And I think the critical piece is digging through that one. You know, we've talked about this quite a bit in the past, and it's the idea that the initial reason that somebody has in their mind as to why they're doing something usually isn't the core reason why they're doing it. And especially the first one that they share with somebody else, you know, you really have to ask yourself several layers. Okay. If I got that, that I want, what would that mean? And I think that's the key piece, you know, I mean, even something as big as, so why do we want the cabin in the woods? Is it the physical structure or is it the fact that, man, we can be together with the family and we can experience stuff in the outdoors. We can be separated from the rest of the noise that's going on for a period of time and just communicate and be together and fellowship. I mean, it's the real meaning behind all those things that I think a lot of people stop short on looking at it. And I think the results are people buy things thinking it's the thing because their neighbor bought a new boat. They want to buy a new boat. Well, the neighbor bought the boat to experience stuff with their family. This guy bought the boat so that he could keep up with his neighbor instead of having a real meaning behind it. And so then it falls short when they get it, they're miserable. Wow, we spent all this money and that didn't do anything for me. And I think you see a lot of people in that scenario where they have spent a lot of money on stuff, but they bought it for the stuff and not for the meaning behind it. So I think, again, going to the logic side of things, it's you know the questioning of assumptions, but it's also the questioning of associations, right? Which really comes down to doing this in order to produce that, right? And what that associated meaning is. And I think you have productive ones and you have unproductive ones. You know, what came to mind when you were talking is how many people don't make decisions because of inaccurate or slighted or partial assumptions. How many people make decisions or don't make decisions? I have worked with, you know, as a financial advisor, worked with younger people, not married, or people that are married that haven't had kids. 
And, you know, I get to know them. Sometimes the conversation comes up, are you dating? So, you know, how long have you been dating? Five years, six years, six years. So why haven't you gotten married? Well, we don't have enough money. I'm like, okay, well, what's enough money? Right. Right. (laughs) Right? Again, there are these rules associated with, I have to have this and 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 this in order to do this. And it's like, no, you don't just do it. Many people have done it and they are very happy, right? So it's one of those things where, again, going back to rules and what is the driving force behind the behavior? What do you truly want? And, you know, equally with clients I've worked with that have lots of money and don't need to invest or work, but have a rule associated with, they have to, they have to invest because if they didn't, then this, even though they don't have to, right? So it's really the unpacking, the logic of understanding what drives you, right? Which is again, relative to people. At the same time, there's a role, right? That math and logic and science play but there's also, you know, some non-constants that it's evaluating. And so that might be, you know, maybe how we conclude this, which is how would you describe, or is it, well, maybe let's say it this way, is it true that the role of math and science is to evaluate as opposed to hypothesize? Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it is a way to first, I think we can say, Hey, I think it will come out this way and then use the math to see if it fits. You know, I have done that many, many times. I have an idea of what the results of a certain mathematical set of formulas and things are going to be. And oftentimes I'm shocked with what the results are. Now I have a choice of saying, well, throw the math out because I liked my hypothesis better. Or I can say, Hmm, let me dig in and find out why it did something I didn't expect it to do. And I can learn something new and maybe a new direction, a new place to go, which is, is hugely beneficial. And I think, though, probably the bigger thing is to be able to prove a decision that you already want to make. As long as you are open-minded and you have that discipline that you're willing to accept whatever the pure math says or whatever the actual, whatever the truth says, I should say. That's a better way to say that. It's not necessarily the math. It's what the truth is. And so you can throw a hypothesis out there of something that you want to happen. But I think you have to be willing to say, now, let's see what it's going to take to get there. Let's see if this works and be okay with what the results of that are. Um, You know, since we're driven on emotion, it's very hard to go against what we want to happen. It's very hard to go against our beliefs, but that's where the discipline comes in. If, If we really want to be successful, I think we have to do that. One of the things that my wife, Kim, says when she's talking to people, a lot of times people say, oh, well, you know, we want such and such maybe for a great cause, to be with their family, to do certain things, to be generous to other people, whatever it is, but we can't afford it. I hear constantly with advisors and with clients turning that around and saying, let's not approach it as we can't because how about we start with, let's see how we could make that happen. And it's a whole different thing. It opens up your mind to, well, what if we did this? What if we didn't do that? Because we really want this to happen and we focus this there. You know, there's a lot of times where we can figure out a path to get what it is we're truly desiring if we don't just shut down from the surface and decide, no, it can't happen, right? But I also think it helps with non-decision as well, right? I think people have come to this, like, I can't do that, or I can't do this or I shouldn't do this, or I shouldn't do that. Again, going to the marriage story or having kids, right? It's like, if you want to have kids, there's no like rule, right? How much money you have to have in order to have a child. In fact, having a child could greatly amplify your ability to produce and make more money, <laughs> right? <laughs> a little and drive in there, right? <laughs> but it's also going, you know, the point you made, 
where people have to have these dreams or have these things that they want in the future, or it was possible to have right now. But when you evaluate that, when you logically understand what it is you truly want, right? It's not a a trip to Rome. It's a special time with your spouse. It's not, you know, to live in, you know, this place or this neighborhood or that it's to live in a, a place where you're able to have, you know, amazing experiences with people. I think if you identify how simple things really could be from an end standpoint, I think we complicate the means. And I believe that if you achieve those ends with uncomplicated means, it actually gets you more of what you thought was complicated to begin with, right? Let's all go to the, you know, maybe trips with a spouse or wanting to experience some amazing place with, you know, go on this amazing European vacation or go to, you know, around the world or something like that. What you really want in the end is to have great experiences with your spouse. Well, you can go and have a great experience by taking a hike on a Sunday, which costs zero, right? And it's one of those things where when you experience that, right? Now you can experience something more trivial that gives you even more meaning and more and more. And what that does, it gives you a sense of fulfillment in life that affects your work. It affects your wherewithal, it affects your relationships. And I think it gets you closer to wanting to do that European vacation, because here's the thing, you have this big dream in front of you, right? And all these things have to line up in order for it to, to happen. What's your experience life once you're experienced like once you're there, you're a wreck because you know, it's going to end. <laughs> it's the time side of things. It's like, we got to get up early. We got to get up early. No, we got to go here. We got to go here. We got to do this. And it's like, it's ever, you know, you're both miserable by the time the vacation's over. And I think the same thing happens on the other side. And that's what you're talking about is you're miserable. Oh, you know, well, I really want to go on this vacation with my wife, but I don't think we're ever going to be able to afford it. So you're miserable the whole time without opening your mind up to the things that you could do right now in between. Right. So, and what does that do? People really, I don't think take it seriously the idea of mindset and what impact that has on your ability to do that. When you have that negative thought about, again, going back to your vacation example, oh, I can't do it. Well, you go to work that way. I'm here just slugging through another day and I won't make enough here to be able to go on that vacation. I mean, you're not, you're right. You won't be able to because you've already told yourself you can't, right? And your attitude that you show up with is going to reduce the productivity that you could do by who knows how much. It's an enormous amount. And just that mindset, instead of saying, you know what, this is what we're going to do. And your example, too, the idea of kids are getting married. There's other pieces in there. Let's say you have kids already. And what you really want is, I don't know, a pool so that you can spend time with the kids. And now you're going to say, you know, you know, in 10 years, we're going to be able to afford and put that pool in there. And by that time, the kids are grown and gone, right? How did that come about? And so I think that while it's important to look out into the future and want to have a fulfilling life in the future, but not at the expense Today. of having one now. And in life, there's always a balance. You know, you've got exactly the opposite side where you have people blowing everything they have on current experiences. And they're not happy with any of them because they really didn't think through any of them, right? That's not really what they wanted, but they spent the money on it and then it didn't happen. So we have to have balance. And as humans, we tend to sway back and forth between the two of them. But I think, you know, understanding the importance and the limit of time. I mean, that's a critical resource that we forget a lot of times. And, you know, the idea that money can buy time, it can in certain ways. I mean, there's, you know, to a degree. And so we have to balance all that out and enjoy life now, because if we enjoy life now, we're probably gonna be a lot more productive and be able to hit those goals in the future as well, right? And I think that's one of those primary rules. 
Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,